This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Okay. All righty. I love how like we're both like such disasters when we're about to do our career episode. Like we have our shit together, but we actually don't <laughs> at all. No, no. At least you have more of an excuse. I'm just like, ah, running around. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, let's just take a break. Let's just take a deep breath okay. before we get started. Ooh. Oh my gosh. No, honestly, I'm really excited for today's episode because I was I was brainstorming for it and I was like, wow, you've come a long way. And it made me excited to like think about all the progress and steps we've taken and we're our own little bosses. And I think that's pretty cool. I know. So today we're going to be sharing our career journey, talking about being, what word do we want to use? Influencers slash content creators slash my favorite. Digital entrepreneurs. Oh, come on. Like how cool does that sound? What do you, I'm digital entrepreneur, but also like that would be a title on The Bachelor. Like no one knows what they do. 100%. Like like dolphin trainer and digital entrepreneur. 100%. That was like, sorry to talk about The Bachelor real quick, but on Tasha's season, she was like, they're like, what do you do? She's like, uh, I do fashion and beauty (laughs) stuff. I was like, oh, okay. I do fashion. Oh my God. Get a so girl. funny. Um, no, I'm so excited about this. So I feel like we should just kind of rewind it back, back, back um, and kind of like go through our career journeys. Oh, <laughs> trying to telepathically speak to you. Well, do, do we want to read the reviews first? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Christina and I just have this entire <laughs> <laughs> We just had this entire conversation about how we want to start reading reviews from you because we love reading them and they mean so much. And so Christina texted me yesterday. She's like, I have this, we should start reading reviews. And we had this whole conversation and I'm like giving her the eyes, like trying to be like, what do you, wait, what, what rewind? Oh my gosh. No, honestly, your reviews on our podcast mean so freaking much. We can't even mm-hmm. tell you, honestly, just the fact that people listen to our podcast excites us so much. Like you're all part of our girl group it just it you empower us to keep going every single day and like it's literally if you guys can see the studio is my kitchen table it's like just ray and i doing every single part of this podcast um so you hyping us up really means a lot so we're gonna start reading reviews (laughs) there we go and please keep leaving um um okay so today's review is from val selby Val said, this podcast makes me miss girls. I appreciate the real conversations and no holds barred on feelings so many of us have. Thanks for the honest conversations, but for real, this totally makes me miss girls night and conversations about everything under the sun. I love that. Oh, thank you, Val. Thanks, Val. So please, if you haven't yet and you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review. It would mean so much to us. We love it. We love to read them. And it just is, it means the world to us so we appreciate you okay now let's get into it <laughs> should we start with what was your first job what was your first job ray my very like are we talking very first job yes i worked at chick-fil-a when i was 14 oh i love that 14 years old you were able to work as a 14 year old in colorado yeah i don't know it was like really wild i got paid like nothing it was weird um but yeah it was my first job because i really wanted to work which i was like damn my ambition yes so i worked there at 14 and you know it was 
it was what it was. I mean, that wasn't, it wasn't like my favorite thing, but it wasn't horrible. Um, yeah. May I help the next guest? <laughs> my pleasure. That's what we were trying to say. I love that. I know. Very polite. What was your first job? My first job was Abercrombie Kids. Um, and I applied the day I turned 16. That was the legal working age in New Jersey. We both were like, we need a job now. Literally the day on my 16th birthday, I went to Abercrombie Kids and applied. And I was so excited to be working. And my hourly, I think, was 625, which well, like... After two weeks working, you have like $150, <laughs> which is like crazy now. You're like, yeah, but, baby. But honestly, I worked so freaking hard for that $150 and I yeah. was like proud of it. Oh my God. Were you like an expert at folding the jeans? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I had the best denim walls ever. Literally, sometimes I'd be at work until like 10 p.m. at night trying to perfect the denim walls. And my parents would be like, Christina, what are you doing at Abercrombie stuff? I feel like, it, I just, you know, I always took my work very, very seriously. Clearly. Yes. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. First job. Wow. So what did you study in college? Broadcast journalism. I always wanted to be a television host. That was like my ultimate goal. And honestly, still is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, I mean, you still are. Yeah, I am. I mean, I would love to do it on a much bigger scale. But that was... when. Wait, when you you want to be like, a, like, tell me about that, like a host or you want to have your own TV show? Because you're just like such a star. Like, I feel like you are... <laughs> Thank you. Well, you, are, <laughs> oh you, you are very good at interviewing. Like when we're on KTLA and you just are on live TV, I'm like, holy shit, she's so good at it. But w- what do you see? What's like your main... So it's changed so much. Um, Bridgina, I wants to be like a hard, I want to be a journalist, like a news journalist. And mm-hmm. honestly, I was trying to think back on this. The first time I really knew I wanted to do that was during 9-11, which is so crazy. But 9-11 just hit so close to home. I mean, we grew up right outside the city. Um, it really affected all of our friends and families. Oh, I get chills talking about it. And the news was on 24-7 in our house. Yeah. And there was just like this relationship that I felt like news journalists that was just so empowering. Like you trust these people. They're in your home every single day. And I kind of loved that. And then as I got older, I wanted to be an entertainment journalist and talk about like celebrities and pop culture. And now I would just, I don't know. Now I just want to be able to communicate with people on a daily basis on just a huge, huge scale. And I think if I could choose my dream job, it would probably be something along the lines of like, I don't know, Kelly Ripa's job. Like, I love Kelly and Ryan, and I would love to be a morning TV host. Shit. And yes. that'd be so fun. That that would be so fun. And maybe I can work on my skills so I can go with you and we can be like the new Kathy Lee and Hoda. I think that is fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Who do I need to talk to? Okay, let me edit my vision board. Oh, I need to- <laughs> that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Screw <That's-> podcast <laughs> networks. <laughs> We're going straight to the big league. No, but that's amazing. And it's. I think it's good to note that like you can always pivot. You, just For because sure. you're like, I want to do this, you can always pivot and change. Like, look how much you're you know yeah vision has changed since you started what about you right what did you go to school for and what did you want to be when you grew up so i went to drake university in des moines iowa because for the sole reason that meredith corporation is headquartered there Mm -hmm. and they own like better homes and gardens like a bunch of magazines which i was like why is it in des moines Iowa? yeah that's so random so random but they had an amazing magazine program so i wanted to work for a fashion magazine as a art director creative director was like my main goal so i um 
did that and studied graphic design as my minor. And I was like, I'm going to move to New York after graduation. And then completely chickened out and moved back to Denver and um, applied for jobs and stuff there. But that was like my main my main thing I wanted to do. So which actually really helped to I feel like what I'm doing now. I feel like it's pretty much exactly what you're doing now, just like in a different sense and in the digital landscape and for yourself, like you're your own publication. Totally. Yeah. Like when I was in college, I worked for the magazine and I did like our first like big fashion spreads. Like Mm -hmm. I booked the models. I pulled all the clothes for the shoes, came up with the idea. Like it was so much fun. I was like, this is what I want to do. And yeah, now I guess I'm kind of doing it, but just on a smaller scale. <laughs> See, that's amazing. I went to Rutgers University in New Jersey and their journalism program now looking back is so freaking outdated. I had one professor who actually now um, teaches at Northridge in LA, which is so crazy. And I've gone okay. to like, speak to students a bunch too, but he was the only professor I had that would that he made us create our own websites as an assignment. And he was the only one who talked about like the digital landscape. Everyone else was just still trying to get us to write for like newspapers and magazines and like did not talk digital at all. Interesting. Because when I was in school, which... I don't know. Well, you're younger, so maybe they updated your program. But even still, mine was like, we were like the first class where like we had to create a Twitter account and like tweet at brands to see how like brands and people can connect and how that like landscape was changing. And the, the we were the first capstone. That was like our senior year project mm-hmm. where the magazine was digital and not online. And that was in, I graduated in 2015. So, okay. so yeah, five years was, after me. So I guess times were changing they finally had to get with the program yeah but i do feel like universities get stuck in their in their ways yeah definitely i mean for me i had so many internships and i think that's where i learned everything what were your internships i had so many different ones um, I worked for Sharp Entertainment, which is a TV production firm. They do Man vs. Food. They do a bunch of stuff for the Travel Channel. Um, and I was um, a, a PA there. And then I was I worked for Susan Blonde, which is a celebrity PR industry. And I did like cold call pitching and stuff like that for a bunch of different brands and celebrities. And then I also, what else did I do? Gosh, I know I had other ones. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how you forget things so easy? I'm yeah. like. Those were like two of my main ones. And then I always just worked at Nordstrom the entire time. How did you get your internships? I just applied like hardcore. I would apply. Like find them online and find apply. Them online and apply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You too. I, yeah, I remember I applied. So while I was in school, I interned at Better Homes and Gardens magazine, which is how I first discovered my like love for blogging. So I, Better Homes and Gardens did an amazing job at their... <laughs> Slurpy McSlurperson um, on their like blogger relationships. So I like ran the Pinterest account and we had bloggers come in. We did like a lot of DIY bloggers and do like challenges that we would document for the website or the magazine. Um, And so that was my job when I was in Des Moines. And then I also interned for the art director there, which was amazing. So helped like pulling for shoots and doing a shit ton of returns, all the unglamorous stuff that you don't see. And then I also interned at Nordstrom. I like applied for, oh my God, I don't, don't even know what it was called. I was so freaking excited about this internship. And then it really wasn't like what I thought it was. I was in the store in Denver 
part of their internship program because I was like, I could see myself working for Nordstrom Corporate, yada, yada, yada. Um, but those were like my only, I think like you, I'm like, did I have any other internships? I think those were my two main internships. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just applied or through connections at my school. Um, that's how I got them. Do you feel like people need to go to college these days or do you feel like it's changed? So it's super interesting. I've been thinking a lot about this because Stephen, so now that we have a child, there's this thing called like 529 exchange where you can put a savings account for your child, Mm -hmm. um, but it's only supposed to be used for school. And so Steve and I were talking about it and I loved my college experience. I thought college was everything to me, but I almost like don't know if I really needed it to be doing what I'm doing now. And I think that in the future, I don't, I think that it's going to go back. It's going to switch around. I don't think everyone's going to need to go to school anymore. What do you think? I completely agree. I think we're moving much more into an entrepreneurial mindset for a lot of people. Like no one when I was growing up, and maybe this is just because it's the world I'm in now. I didn't know anyone who owned their own business. I didn't know anyone who worked for themselves. Well, just kidding. My mom did. Sorry, mom. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Um, But it was in a different capacity. But I just... I feel like so many more people now are launching their own businesses and it, the, the landscape of like the possibility for your career is so different that I agree. I think that I definitely don't put as much of an emphasis on college. Um, the experience was a super fun time yeah, for same. sure, <laughs> which I don't, I would be sad if I never had that or my kids didn't have that, but it's expensive as hell. Like, is it worth the, uh, I'm trying to think each semester at my school was like, $50,000, but I had a scholarship, but that is how much like each pay. semester, maybe it was a year. I don't know, <laughs> but that's like I the mean, rate. Maybe. That's like tuition. I'm like, so if you don't have a scholarship yeah. or anything, that's insane. I know ours. Mine was a little bit, um, mine was, I think less than that. It was like probably 25,000, um, but yeah, maybe that was a state you. university. But anyways, I do mm. think that people have a way more entrepreneurial mindset. And I think that now, like, unless you are looking to like be, in a certain field where you need a degree for a certain reason, um, it might be just better to like just start working right away or like mm-hmm. going to school for a certain trade mm-hmm. as opposed to like general bachelors of arts, you know? Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to like get into kind of our industry of, well, I don't even know if maybe is blogging anymore. I barely post my blog, but content creation influencer, I get questions like from people like DMs. So where do I, how do I start doing what you're doing? What would you say to someone? I think I would say get a camera and just start. I think you could just, I think you have to figure out what you want to talk about, right? Mm -hmm. Because for me, I started my blog in 2011 and I was like shooting content and taking photos, but it wasn't honestly until I would say maybe like 2017 where I really figured out like what I wanted to talk about and like what value I wanted to bring to my audience. And that is when... I started to grow on Instagram. That's when people started to read my blog. That's when like all the opportunities started happening. So there was like a good, what, like six years there where I was just like shooting photos aimlessly, like just trying to make it happen. But I had no idea who I was talking to or what I wanted to even talk about. So I would say like trying to niche down and like try and figure out like what value you can provide for people. Mm -hmm. What would you say? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, the thing is, I, when I started, I literally was in my childhood bedroom 
and I Googled how to start a blog. And I also bought a course from, it was called like Instagram with intention. And it was like $200 or something, which is, I, I was like whole like panicking by how much I was spending on this course. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started. And I just knew I wanted to talk about fashion. I, and I just started there and then kind of figured it out along the way. But for someone who's starting now, I don't even think you need a blog. I think you need an Instagram, a TikTok, mm-hmm. and like, you know, maybe a YouTube. Like video is king right now. Definitely. So I don't even think you need a blog. I would just focus on social media. Social. Yeah, definitely. And I think that honestly what would be even more powerful than a blog is a newsletter. Yeah, you're good at your newsletters. I'm so bad. I never I don't even have a list. I, <laughs> ask me how many subscribers I have. Zero. I mean, I just think that's a little bit more important because then I, I didn't know this, but like that is where you want people. Like you want their information. You want their emails. You want to be able to send to them directly. That's the only thing I would say that having a blog is useful for because if all social media goes away, at least you have a place that people can find you. That's your own. Yeah, having a website. Mm-hmm. And also like it's just, I think, good for brands. So even if it's not like a blog that you're posting to, maybe you just like have a media kit on there. Maybe you just have like a little bio or even that maybe if it's just a link tree, at least yeah. something where people can like find everything that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Link tree is great. Yeah. Yeah. But I would definitely say starting with an Instagram, like a TikTok um, is the play, is the way to way to go. Um, I mean, honestly, all you need right now is an iPhone or just a phone and a tripod. Yeah, I mean, if I, you have that, you can do everything. You are so good at that. You produce all of your own content and like by yourself. You I, yeah. do you even use photographers really anymore? I don't even. So when I first started, I had like my mom take pictures, my sister take pictures, anyone who would put up with me to take pictures. Then I was like, this was when Instagram was all about creating a magazine that was like you needed super high quality images. Like this Instagram course was all about that, which was it's so crazy to see how Instagram has changed. It's still like that a little bit, but definitely in a different way. Um, so I hired, started paying photographers. So I was paying photographers like a hundred dollars an hour at least for the, for like most of until honestly COVID. And then I just started shooting on my iPhone. And now, unless a brand explicitly asks for high res images, I'll just do everything on my iPhone because it performs better on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It feels more natural, feels candid. Granted, it is easier sometimes to have, oh, I don't know. I go back and forth. Sometimes it's easier to have a photographer shoot you because working with a tripod in your iPhone is hard. But I think like you don't need a photographer to pay a photographer. Get a tripod on Amazon, which we can link the one Christina and I have. Mm-hmm. And um, we have the same one. Put your phone up. And just uh, get some uh, confidence and go out and shoot. Okay. So say, Ryan, like say you're doing all this. Say you're like, I think I have an amazing feed. I want to start working with brands. Like how, what would you say is like the biggest tip you can give people to try and hustle out there and start getting paid for things? So I would say start with the brands that you use every single day. That's already incorporated in your life. I mean, you should, that's like mm-hmm. the no brainer. So what I would do is... Follow all those on Instagram, like start engaging with their stuff, liking, commenting, being an active follower on there. DMing them, responding to their stories, I think is a huge one. Respond to stories. Yeah. And then I would say after you do that for like two weeks or something where you're really engaged, then shoot them a DM 
oh, you should also be posting their stuff, tagging their stuff in your Instagram, posting on your story, then send them a DM because they're probably getting so many DMs from influencers or people are trying to do this. But if they go to your message and they see all these mentions and like tags and everything, that's just going to help them be like, okay, well, this girl or guy really is interested in our brand and send them a DM and say, I usually ask, Hey, I'm like a huge fan of your brand. Say something personal, like, Oh my God, the Margot mini skirt is like my favorite. You can see how I styled it here. Send a picture. And then I will say, is there someone on your team I could reach out to with a collaboration idea? Cause you want to get the email is what I found. That's how I approach it. How do you do it? I do it very similarly, like pretty much the exact same thing. I always ask, um, I try to make it as like personable and relatable as possible. And then I always ask, can you direct me to the person that handles your influencer marketing or something like that? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I did you say? I feel like yours is good too. I said, is there someone on your team I can reach out to, uh, to talk about this collaboration idea? Yeah. I sometimes whatever. feel like the more direct you can be and like asking for a specific title or person, it might help. That's better. Yeah. yeah I think, I think that's good. <laughs> I'm going to start using that. Yes. Um, but I will say too, when it comes to like getting paid for campaigns and like trying to network with brands, I mean, I know for me personally, I didn't, I don't think my first paid job came until 2017 and I started in 2011. So like the hustle is real. Um, mm-hmm. I think the landscape has changed a lot. I think that now you could start working with brands at um, a way smaller size. You don't need to have like 100,000 followers or a million followers or any of that. Um, But I do think that there's a huge misconception of what influencers do, what content creators do. And I think that people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, I can just like post pretty photos on Instagram and like make tons of money and like travel and this and that. And there's so much work that goes, goes into it. So I think that if this is a career path that you want to go on it is so much fun and so great but um you have to be ready to be in it for the long haul and like prepare to put the work into it yeah i think one of the misconceptions on influencers is that it's like an easy job Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i was talking to these college students the other day they were working on a project and they were like tell me about you know the content you create and like a day in your life and like everything that goes into it and when i like verbalized it they were like holy shit. So it is so much work. And also I think a new thing that I've had to think about as human beings, we are not designed to receive this much feedback on a constant basis. And it is a job that I'm like, I'm honestly like, if you're going to go into this, like have a therapist that needs to be part of your expenses, like build in for me, I'm like a very emotional person. And It's been, I think that's important, but rewinding a little bit, sorry, I want to ask you, Christina, Mm -hmm. like with talking about all of this, how much work goes into this? Tell me like what a typical day looks like, or maybe like a week or like what's on your to-do list. Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) Christina's eyes just started like widening. Um, I think in general, for me, no day is typical or in like the other, but In general, I think that if I, I try to create like some type of content strategy or editorial calendar, um, how well I stick with it at this point in my time is like really just all over the place because of the baby. But I pretty much start my day going through my email. So I'll look at like paid campaigns versus like organic content that I want to create. And I will try and figure it all out. Like, what do I need for my 
for my paid campaigns. When are they due? I talk a lot with my manager back and forth, um, figure out everything I need to shoot for those and try and do it all in one day and plan and execute that. Um, and at the same time, I try to add my organic content within. So it's like a lot of admin and emails and back and forth mm-hmm. in the beginning part of the day. Then I'll try and shoot content and then you have to edit your content. And then I have to send over my content to my manager who sends it over to the brands. And then I try and work on a posting schedule from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yeah. So I think, no, I think what you're getting into is good. Like basically from start to end of a paid campaign, a brand will reach out. Yes. And say, hey, this is like the idea for a collab. It's going to be one Instagram, one TikTok, and an Instagram story with a swipe up. Then you'll be like, oh my gosh, hello. Thanks for reaching out. I already use and love your brand. Um, That Urban Outfitters crop top is amazing. I'm including my manager on this. And you loop in your manager. And then from there, our managers will be like, thanks for reaching out. Here are Christina's rates for this scope of work. They'll do the negotiating. And then once that's nailed down, you'll get a contract Mm -hmm. and then we will get to shoot. So then you have to plan what you're going to wear, where you're going to shoot, what time you want to shoot. So basically you're the complete art director for this production. The art director, the stylist, the model, the model, the hairstylist, the makeup makeup artist, artist. lighting, Mm -hmm. DP. What's DP again? Director of photography. <laughs> yes. Location scout. Location oh, that's scout. the worst part. And wait, your craft services too, because if you need snacks, <laughs> no one wants a hangry <laughs> content creator. The snacks. Um, okay. Yeah. So then you shoot it. Mm-hmm. Then you get the images back from your photographer or you have them yourself. If, if you work with a photographer, you usually, they'll send edits. You don't have to edit. But when I shoot with myself, then I have to go through all the images edit them Mm -hmm. then oh it's not done yet you got to write the copy which i think is like the hardest part the hardest part and the most important part because now anyone can take a pretty picture with the story you are telling behind this campaign is so important christina you're so good at this your captions are so bomb um you have to write that (laughs) they are really i am those are the that's the hardest part for me for sure well i think you're doing great thanks Okay, then you'll send it into the brand. They'll approve it. Sometimes come back with edits. God forbid you have to reshoot. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to reshoot, which is, you know, it happens. Then you're approved to go live. Then you go live. Then you engage with the content. Comment back. Make sure it's, you know, doing all good. Blah, blah, blah. And then I would say the last thing is then sending analytics like 24 to 48 hours after to the brand. Mm -hmm. Did I forget anything? Nope, that was perfect. And that's just for one Instagram post. That's for one Instagram post, one, one Instagram story. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I Damn. think, I think what's super hard is that, um, what's hard is that every brand is different. Instagram changes every single day. Um, so it's hard to, because actually one thing that we forgot before this is that what? brands, a lot of times ask for your analytics. Oh yeah. Even before booking, going to campaign. So yes. I feel like that is something that's super, super important. And that's what makes our job at least the content part of it a little bit challenging is because there's so much pressure that goes into a campaign doing well. Do you feel like that? Or do you not put that much pressure on yourself? I, I, I feel like I've gotten to a point where I kind of just let go. Mm-hmm. I know if I create something that I'm proud of at some point, 
like you're just not going to have control. I remember I posted a campaign once and it was like a day where Instagram was being weak. Like it was, I was like, what is happening? And it absolutely tanked. I think I got like 300 likes or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how do I go to this brand? And like it happened. I mean, it happens. It's unfortunate, but sometimes it just doesn't hit. (laughs) But so there is a lot of pressure for sure. Yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure there. So I think in being able to engage with your content is super, super important. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that people who, who follow influencers, who are friends of influencers, who like following people, don't even realize. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that people see ads sometimes or like hashtag ad and just kind of like want to check out or just think that it's phony, but it's so not. There's so much that goes into it. I know you're the same as me, but like I don't do any campaigns uh, for any brands that I'm not interested in, that I don't already use, that I don't mm-hmm. love. Um, and I think that if people were to see like the amount of inquiries that come in that are turned down, they'd be pretty shocked. Yeah, I turned down a $10,000 deal in January and January was my slowest month, but it just didn't, it didn't. And honestly, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. I was tempted, but I was like, fuck. So I do think, and I one thing that really pisses me off that people do is, this is not an ad. I just genuinely love this product. I, that literally infuriates oh. me when people do that. I'm like, oh. that literally makes no sense. So all of your ads are phony as hell? Yeah. Is what you're telling me. Yeah. So I, yeah, there's a lot that goes into, basically, we do these ads so that we can continue creating con- or- organic, organic content for you. So basically, I think we both do a pretty good job of balancing like I would say for one sponsored post you know maybe there's like x amount of non-sponsored things sometimes it gets tricky but it's so that we can keep doing this and creating content that hopefully people enjoy (sighs) it's a doozy (laughs) yeah but I, I I think for me one thing is I I was doing this for so many years without a manager yeah. And I love the actual business side of it. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I don't get to do as much anymore because I have someone doing it for me, which I am so thankful for. I love her, but like that is a part that I miss a lot. And I think that if you're an influencer and you're starting out, you really need to like tr- figure out how to talk to brands and how to try and pitch yourself and negotiate deals as well. So I feel like let's get into that a little bit. We talked about you can DM brands, right? DM brands. But what happens when you get that email? What's the next step? So I would be interested to hear what you say, because I feel like you're better at this than me. So I would then pitch them a very solid idea, like a hardcore flushed out idea. Um, Whether it's like, let me think. So let's say I pitched this brand sheer text tights in like December and I was like, I want to do an Instagram reel and a TikTok showing three ways to style these tights. Mm-hmm. Here are examples of my content I've done similar in the past, blah, blah, blah. This job did not come to fruition. I was going to say, wait, I missed it. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not get it. But that's kind of what I would do. How, what would you do? Yeah, I would, I would definitely suggest that to you. But for me, I would always try and do a couple different options, right? Because you yes. never know what they want or what they need. Um And I think that you can always try and find a way to work around like timely events. Like, so for instance, Valentine's Day just passed. Yep. So trying to think in advance, maybe start pitching brands in the beginning of January. Oh, Valentine's Day is coming up. You know, my partner and I 
Um, we do shoot a lot of content together. If you're looking for any couples, we would love to create an IG post. You can use these images in X fa fashion. Mm -hmm. um, we could also do reels, TikToks, and just give so many different options um, because I think that sometimes people need to, if they don't see it in front of them, they can't envision it, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to spell it out in many different ways. And if I think the biggest thing is just trying not to take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Or if you hear no, try and take that no and keep the conversation going over and over again. Yeah. Because people forget. So maybe like sheer text, maybe in December, they were just doing holiday stuff and want to just focus on gifting. But now it's still winter. People are still wearing tights. You True. should try pitching them oh, again. Be yeah. relentless. Be relentless is the most important thing. What are things that you should tell people to look out for in contracts? Oh, God. I hate contracts. I hate them. Usage is the most important thing mm -hmm. because you can say you're getting paid to create an Instagram story um, and an, an Instagram photo, right? But say you're allowing the brand to use your photo. Like this is random, but say it's like herbal essence, right? And all of a sudden they can use your photo and they can use it for infinity, right? There's no like date, there's no usage time. And then all of a sudden, Pantene comes to you a couple months later and they want to work with you. But all of a sudden now Herbal Essence is using your photo all over the place and putting ads behind it. Well, then you just like lost another campaign because you're working, you're not even working with them anymore, but mm -hmm. you didn't fight for your usage rights. So now they can be using your photos all over the place mm -hmm. and that in return can stop you from getting other campaigns. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I, yeah, that's like, I would say my biggest weakness is where <laughs> is like the negotiating and contracts. So that's where I management has been such a blessing outsource where you don't like to do it and where you yeah. feel like you're not good at it. So I would say, yeah, usage for sure. And then payment time. Yeah. Payment time and have a clause in there for like late payment because super important. Sometimes people just won't pay you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how this is legal, but they won't pay you. Um, so I'm waiting on payment right now from a huge brand that so many people shop at that people would be shocked to know that they're not paying their influencers. Am I waiting on the same one? Yes. Yeah. It's annoying. It's super annoying. Um, so I think that, I think that's really important too. Yes. Which <laughs> the contract and all that stuff. And, but in the beginning I did do a lot of stuff for free and for trade. Like I think that is in the beginning completely fine. I still do stuff for trade. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Like we did, we do stuff. I mean like the swimsuits, we were gifted swimsuits and then we did the shoot. Absolutely. Um, the, our Valentine's shoot is what I'm referring to. So yeah, I still do stuff too, but I'm definitely more like pickier on what I will do and for trade and stuff just because we're so busy. Yeah, definitely. I think it just has to be like content that you really want to create and really organic. But I think that um, right now there's so many people in the content creation space uh, and a lot of people with thousands of followers. So I think that the most important thing is being able to really explain why brand should work with you and just putting the work out there and doing it for free, creating content because you love to do it. And I feel like the rest will sort of soon follow. Mm -hmm. Okay. What would you say is the most challenging part of our jobs? 
or being an influencer in general, content creator? For me, the most challenging part is, to be t- completely honest with you, is dealing with, gosh, how should I say this? Um, worrying about saying the right wrong thing. That for me right now is the hardest, especially this past year, especially with COVID and the political landscape. I feel like there's just been like this agenda where influencers have to speak their mind about every single thing. Um, and I just, I, that's not something I want to do. Um, I feel like my, my opinions change. They're all over the place. I feel like I'm just a human being and I like soak up all this information. I have so many feelings and I feel like it's super easy for um, people to like just attack you on your beliefs um, and just attack you. you know, I just feel like everyone's ready to attack. Mm-hmm. And that is the hardest part is trying to navigate that while also trying not to disappoint anyone while also trying to be myself. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think there is, um, I do think though, we do have a responsibility at times. Like we have seen, I, I think as an influencer now, you have to be ready to, you have to be aware and you have to be very cognizant, cognizant, cognizant. Damn. I was going to go really deep in there and now that I got stuck on the word. <laughs> Cog- I don't even know. Aware of what <laughs> is going on because we are in a very, anxiety ridden time and you have to be careful of what you're posting and you have to be aware and ready to pivot and change and I do think there are some things that like like I I get it like if there's a a coup with the capital you don't want to hear an influencer talking about dry shampoo that I completely get but exactly what you said people are so quick to think the worst and hate I was at a point where when I started going to therapy that I didn't want to open any DMs because I was so terrified that it was going to be a negative DM. And like, it's, it's just something that I think if you go into this, you have to be really prepared to, you are opening yourself up to feedback and criticism. And my, the thing I struggle with the the most is that I do something or say something that then is interpreted that isn't doesn't reflect who I am at my core and how in my heart and that happens Mm -hmm. it does and not everyone's gonna like you and people will tell you that they don't like you Mm -hmm. and it's really really hard but I do think that influencers have to um, definitely think about how they're navigating that space because we are living in such a time that's just so full of turmoil and like unknown and unrest and that's just like the reality of it um, and you've got to be able to pivot and adjust. And I think you don't have to, I don't, I'm not saying everyone needs to, it's impossible to post on every single thing that is happening in our world. For sure. It's like you could be post, if you don't post about, even now I'm like getting nervous and I'm going to say something wrong. <laughs> um, but see, that's the problem. Yeah. That is where I have a huge problem. I feel like to, to not speak because you're scared you're going to say something wrong is a huge issue. Yes. And it's just so unfortunate. I feel like because making mistakes is part of being a human and, and growing. growing and learning. Like, how can you and learn creating an environment where people can't make mistakes? Yeah. I'm so against that. Yeah. I literally infuriates me. And honest, I, I see a, people calling each other out and I'm just like so disgusted by it. I just feel like it's so ignorant all mm-hmm. around. Like we should be able to have conversations 
like I don't like in the social dilemma one of the girls who she's like a bit I'm not quite sure what her role is so I'm not going to say but she knows what goes into uh, social media and these algorithms and basically how they are polarizing our society and she's like I intentionally follow people who have different beliefs than me so I am like aware of what they're thinking and what's going on because what we're doing now is we're just like it's either everything you agree with or nothing and I'm like I can't think of one person in my life where we agree on everything right not one not one like same and don't get me wrong there are some issues where if you're like white supremacy doesn't exist then like that's a different story (laughs) okay I just want to get that out there but it's it's oh it's bad I totally agree. And even beyond that, I guess, like, obviously everything that's going on in the world, like the political climate too, but like now being a mom, I mm. realize it's like put a whole other layer on things. And that's something that I'm like super cognizant of and emotional about. Like, for instance, like I was talking about my breastfeeding journey. That's something that's been really, really challenging for me. And um, I talked about like one day how I pumped like three ounces, which is for many people, not a large amount, you know? Um, and I shared how I was proud of it. I was like, even though like this is nothing and people started messaging me being like, wait, that's like more than I do. And then I start to feel so bad. So it's like hard to like, it's just so hard to, when you care and like, you want to be a good role model and like a good leader and you want people to like be happy when they come to your stuff to like, never make anyone feel bad. Mm -hmm. That to me put so much emotional stress like that mm-hmm. I like made someone else feel bad about that because I know how stressful it is for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that when people yeah. DM you all day long, like I and I don't ever have like unread DMs, um, at least in my main inboxes, but sometimes I'll have like hundreds of unread text messages, which is like so terrible. <laughs> um, but I feel like I communicate with my Instagram family like all day, every mm-hmm. day. Um, so I just feel like these are like extended friends and family members. So like to like hurt someone or, you know what I mean? I, that just really, I'm very sensitive to it. Mm -hmm. I know. I remember you talking about that because you care. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's really important. (sighs) Okay. Um, what (laughs) are I'm like, Woo! Take a deep breath after that one. Um, okay, so what, Fran? Are there any mistakes that you think you've made along the way? Any moments where you're like, "Oh shit! Why did I write that email? Why did I do that?" Um, that you've learned from. Where do I begin? <laughs> yeah, I think, like you said, the usage thing. Um, for sure, I've gotten kind of like accepted things that I probably shouldn't accept. Um, there's a lot of pressure to accept things because like, this is our job. Like we got to pay rent (laughs) and, um, to accept like maybe a rate that, you know, is really low because you're kind of in a scarcity mindset. So I've tried to like switch to an abundant mindset and just be okay with saying no. Oh, wait, what what do you mean? Tell me more about the abundant versus scarcity mindset. So basically like a scarcity mindset is being like, oh my gosh, I have to like take every job. Like I I never know if I'm going to, you know, when the next job is going to come in, will I have enough money to do this, to like survive, blah, blah, blah. Where an abundance mindset is like one of my affirmations is money flows easily and effortlessly into my business. Brands um, are always reaching out and love working with me. Those are like, so that's just like getting in that abundant mindset and 
honestly, I just feel like it's very woo woo, but like the energy you're putting out is like the energy you're going to get. And like mm-hmm. when For I'm sure. in that mindset, it just like, I don't know, like business is flowing, things are flowing. And obviously, I mean, as we saw, like with the, you know, pandemic, you're, it's not always jobs aren't always coming in and that's going to, you have to be prepared for that. But, um, that's what I meant by the abundant mindset. So I would say that. And then I don't know if I've made any, like, I don't know any, nothing, no other like big mistakes are jumping out to me. What about you? Okay. So I remember one time I was so upset and like scared because so this brand, um, this PR agency sent me a bathing suit to wear with this brand and I wore it on a trip. Um, and I tried to get paid for it. I told them I don't, I wasn't going to do any organic. I couldn't guarantee any organic content for like gifting or anything like that. And I was trying to get paid for it. They said that they couldn't pay me. I ended up loving the suit, wore it, tagged them and everything. And then what ended up happening was the brand shared and used my image, but they didn't even tag me or anything like that. Mm. And I was so pissed because I was like, dude, I've tried working with you guys so many times. I told you I wasn't going to accept this. Um, I told you I couldn't guarantee this. And then you use my image and you didn't even credit me. And this is a point where I was like really trying to like grow my um, Instagram audience. And I was so pissed about it. Um, and I ended up reaching out to the PR agency and I told them, I was like, I want you guys to take that photo down. Um, and they ended up, they apologizing a bunch of times and they ended up taking the photo down instead of just tagging you instead of just tagging me. And I remember being like, holy shit. Afterwards, I was like telling another influencer about it. They're like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't do that. They're never going to want to work with you again. That's like terrible. Um, and I remember feeling so guilty, I guess, or like, oh my gosh, yeah. I just ruined my business. This PR agency is never going to work with me again. And what ended up happening is the the PR agency has actually worked with me so often now. And I feel like in a way I ended up earning respect from them. Right. So it wasn't really a mistake. It wasn't really a mistake, but, but in the was, moment, but in the was. moment I thought I was like terrified. Dang. Um, but I just think that like at the end of the day, what I've learned is that you have to stand up for yourself and maybe like now I wouldn't really care that much. Um, but I do think that there's an end, this is an industry where you can easily be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a brand to shoot content, it costs them so much money. They have to hire all the people that an influencer does by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that my fo- my photographs are valuable. So if you're going to use it, um, then you need to at least pay me the respect and ask for that or, you know what I mean? So I guess that's like something I've learned along the way. I feel like that makes me sound like a bitch, but um, yeah, you have to stand no. up for yourself. Yeah, not that you sound like a bitch, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's been a million little mistakes I've made for sure, but I just can't think of them right now. I'm sorry. My brain is not working. <laughs> no, it's okay. Neither is mine. Um, okay, where do you see your where do you see your career going? Where do you want to be in five years? And like where do you see the industry going? Well, whoever tries to say influencers are gonna be gone next year are lying to themselves because I feel like the industry is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there'll be like a lot more ad spend on influencers too and on just like digital in general. Um, I think, honestly, right, I'm kind of struggling with this, like where I want to see myself in five years. But I definitely, I want to start a family YouTube 
Like, I feel like video is where I want to be with the family. Mm-hmm. And if I could parlay that into TV, that's where I want to go from there. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. What about you? Um, I want to have my own product line. Mm-hmm. Probably swimsuits. Mm-hmm. Putting that out there. I um, want to, I mean, I would love to be able to do like, we talked about this when we were starting the Confident Collective, go on like a tour and really bring this to like a bigger scale. 100%. When we can do that again. Um, I would love to just, I think that I have been doing, you know, Instagram as my sole source of income for, I mean, well, I will say I worked for three years before making any money on Instagram, three years without making a dime. I only started making money about two years ago, last year, 20, sorry, 2019. Wait, my timeline is all off. 2019 or 2020 was like the first years that I made any income that I could actually survive on Mm -hmm. without working at, um, I worked at like a cycle studio and like nanny too. Um, so I just would love to evolve and, um, create more sources of income. Um, I think that's like what, you know, entrepreneur being smart. So Mm -hmm. work smarter, not harder. Um, whether that's, you know, through, product line um it's the main thing and then just keeping up with this podcast a tour oh there's so many things that's kind of where i'm envisioning it to go oh, i feel like there's so much opportunity for the confident collective that's what excites me so much mm-hmm. i cannot wait to tour we're we're 100 doing it like we could do like live shows and then we can do like workouts because if you don't know a huge thing of our business how we started was doing monthly fitness events around la like partnering with studios and it was so so much fun so much fun oh gosh what a world (laughs) that feels like so long ago now oh my god okay what's one piece of advice you would give someone who's wanting to start in this career no one's going to care as much about your business as you'll care about your business. Oh, So you need to just put the work in every single day. And um, even if you have people working for you and with you, I just feel like you're at the end of the day, you're your own boss. Mm-hmm. Um, so treat yourself like that. I love that. I love that. What about you? I was trying to figure out how I want to articulate this. I want to say... Put blinders on in a way. In this industry, and I've gone caught up in this, it's so easy to pay so much attention to what everyone else is doing and lose sight of what, what you're doing in your path. So I would say I have been trying recently to drastically decrease the amount of content I'm taking in and use that time and energy in my own content. So stop trying to be like everyone else and really figure out your values and be authentic to who you are. And I know everyone, but that word authentic is like slung around like nobody's business. Um, but just don't pay attention to everyone else. <laughs> just do you. I think it's so impar- like that. I think that's so important because they really say like comparison is a thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And it is so easy to see what other people are doing, compare and like compare your content, compare your work, compare your friends, compare like your lifestyle. Yeah. Like you, it just that takes you down a downward spiral that's going nowhere fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could not agree more. And I think that's something that we should just touch on real quick before we end is 
I think that collaborations are the key to everything and the key to growing on Instagram, the key to making it a fun job, making a fun mm-hmm. space. Like that's how we found each other. Ryan and I, I know we've said this before in other episodes, we are like straight up competitors, right? Like we are mm-hmm. competing for the same jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it could be very easy for us to be like, look at each other in that competition mindset. But the truth is, is that like Ryan's success is my success. Like, you know what I mean? And sometimes obviously it's like easy to compare yourself in that sense and like get down on it. But we have, we're growing together. We continue to grow together in both our audience, um, in our jobs and our salaries. And like, you only do that by, by collaborating, by mm-hmm. helping each other out, by sharing information. So I would say, try and reach out to people, try. And if there's like some Instagrammers that you love in your city, yes. say, say, I'd love to grab a coffee or I would love, Hey, if you ever need an Instagram boyfriend for a day, let me know. And we can shoot each other. Mm-hmm. You know, when people like need help creating content, Yes. So there's definitely so many ways you can collaborate and share each other and don't be afraid to like shout out other people that you love and the favor will be done in return. Yes. I think that is, I'm so glad you said that because that is huge. And I think really transformed my business was, you know, when we started like working together and just being in this environment, like it doesn't matter where you are, there will be other people in your city, but you can connect virtually, like come up with collaborations. Like you did a super cool collab with Essie who is in New York. Yeah, she's in New York. And there are just like collaboration over competition. Like, oh, you will, you, when we, when another woman succeeds, like you will succeed. Like there is enough room for everybody. And if you get in that mindset of just thinking about like, as this is this, <laughs> I'm like, this, does this contradict the advice I just gave? No, <laughs> I'm talking about like, don't worry and compare, but like for sh- collaborate, like, oh, th- that will be so good for your business. 100%. And I think that um, I would love to, let me know what you think about this, right? Is on our Facebook group, we will start a little conversation about this. And if you guys have any specific jobs in the influencer world, like, or questions in, about the influencer world, let us know because I am so happy to answer. It's just like hard to sometimes figure out what people want to know. Yeah. Um, but I think that we could be a great resource and I'm happy to do that. Totally. I'm down. And I know um, we're going to do a full episode on how to become a curve model because we get that question a lot, but that's like a whole other beast. (laughs) So we needed to break this up. So we're going to dive into a whole episode on that as well. I can't wait. All right. That's all we got. Yeah. (laughs) If you guys have any questions, um, again, just head to the Facebook group and ask them there. Yes. And you can find the link to the Facebook group in the show notes. Yeah. But in the meantime, um, just whatever you want to hustle towards, just wake up every day and hustle towards it. There's no excuse, you know, Mm -hmm. we're your best asset. You're your own boss. You have access to unlimited potential and you have all the tools to manifest your desires into being. That was beautiful. <laughs> That's what I write in my journal. Like, I almost love every day. that. I love that. Well, oh. we're going to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> ah. uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you found this episode helpful, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at confidentcollective. 
And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories. And don't forget to tag us. 